Welcome to a Lifestyle of Perpetual Transformation podcast. I'm your host, Bloon Busha. My hope is to equip you and drive you into greater spiritual depths with Jesus. I'm crazy excited about your journey because I know Jesus is celebrating you. So I want to celebrate you. Please don't hold back. Make sure you dive into everything we talk about. Hey guys, um, today's episode is going to be my most vulnerable recording so far um, because it's related to some health-related issues that I've been fighting for less than a year, but um, it's an issue that has had me super depressed at times. It's had me uh, hopeless. (laughs) It's made me cry. It's made me isolate. Um, It's just been something super uncomfortable. And I'm I'm even trying to beat around the bush right now (laughs) as I record it because I'm so like, oh, I don't want to say it. But I really felt like the Lord wanted me to be vulnerable and to share my story with you. Uh, one of the reasons why he asked me to start this podcast is to share my stories. I love journaling. And because I journal a lot, I'm always reflecting on my day, events in the day, small events, large events. Um, reflection is something that I really do value in my life because I learn a lot in my reflections. So when the Lord asked me to be vulnerable, you know, I figured I've got a lot of content to share, but am I willing to go there with my personal stories? And recently I just really felt like he was like, this is one I'm backing you up on. Like you, (laughs) when I say backing you up on, I felt like he was like, put it out. So anyway, um, my story around fibroids is something that I really hate because I know the Lord did not design any of us to carry any type of uh, illness or disorder in our bodies, in our minds, uh, in any way. You know, when I think of the cross, when I think of Jesus and everything he did, uh, what he suffered, he gave us freedom. When he was on that cross, when he said, it is finished, uh, the words were tetilistai, meaning it is finished. The debt is paid in full, zero balance. You and I have as believers in Jesus Christ, the son of the most high God. He gave us that all because he loved us. And so when I think about fibroids, I think about how that has nothing to do with the love of God. <laughs> it's, it is nothing in creation that I should embrace. It is not his plan for my life. It is not part of my story in terms of what God has ordained for me. However, now that I see it as a warfare issue in my life, it is one that will bring God glory. Uh, You know, scripture says that he will use all things for our good and his glory. So this one is one of my uh, offerings of glory to God (laughs) as I share it through this episode. So my, um, I don't know, I I feel like I'm going to be a little bit melodramatic because I am stumbling, guys. I'm struggling (laughs) with sharing all of this. I really am struggling. Um, I didn't even tell all of my family members. I've told only uh, two of my sisters and um, 
anyway, so when my doctor uh, was, when I was going for an annual physical, she pressed against my lower abdomen and she was like, hmm, nobody likes it when doctors make those weird sounds. Hmm. It's not a reassuring sound from a doctor. <laughs> Don't do it. If you are a doctor listening to this podcast episode, God bless you, but don't do the hmm sounds when you are examining your patient. <laughs> it does not give us peace. So when I heard her do the hmm sound, she didn't say anything else. She just continued with the physical. And then she was, you know, typing away all of her notes. And she says, I want to send you to the lab. I want to send you to the um I had to go get an ultrasound. And uh, I, I was like, why? <laughs> In my head, I'm like, girl, I heard you say, hmm. So why do you want me to go get an ultrasound? I can't stand it when doctors are not transparent with what's going on in their minds. It's my body. Tell me what you're thinking as you are examining my body. My insurance is paying for your salary, you know, sort of, kind of, but still it's my body. Tell me what I deserve to know. So she wasn't um, telling me what I wanted to know, but I wasn't pressing for it either because I was overwhelmed with these ideas of, you know, what was that sound about? Why did she hesitate? Why do I need to have an ultrasound? So anyway, the results came back with, oh, you've got really small, really tiny fibroids. They're so tiny, I can hardly detect them. But I'm still thinking after that result came through, I was like, okay, well, why was that hmm sound then? She did it after she pressed against my lower abdomen. You're not going to press against my lower abdomen and feel a little tiny, unrecognizable speck. You're not going to do that. So then a year passes and um, now I'm complaining about other stuff. My uh, my iron levels have dropped dramatically and I'm having to get iron infusions. And uh, I don't like getting the iron infusions because it's just inconvenient. And it's just, you know, taking time out of the day for something like that, where I feel like, why isn't my body just producing iron as it should? So then one day my doctor called me and asked me if I was having, if, if I was having heavy uh, menstrual cycles. And I said, yes. And she said, uh, she essentially, we got down to the conclusion that this is the reason for the sudden drop in iron levels. So now we have another exam, another appointment, and that leads to me seeing uh, a different doctor, an OBGYN doctor. And while I'm seeing this doctor, uh, you know, fast forward a bit, I end up having to go through this procedure where they have to get a very, I would say, invasive look into my uterus. And after they did that, what returned was some unfortunate news that there were very, there was one very large fibroid and another smaller one, and that my uterus had been distorted out of shape as a result. As we continued the conversation, my this doctor essentially told me that she wanted to have surgery. She wanted to remove the fibroid via surgery. I was so overwhelmed when I sat in her office. This is in a time of COVID. I, you know, I can't see her face. She can't see my face because we have on masks. And my emotions are so, my emotions are up 
are, are up in the air. They're just, they're absolutely chaotic. I can't figure out if I'm angry, uh, if I'm sad. I can't figure out if I'm relieved to think that, oh, operation is a solution. So I start to ask her all of these questions and I just felt like her responses weren't what I would have preferred to hear. They didn't actually give me reassurance um, because she said that the operation wasn't the final solution, that it wasn't a guarantee that the fibroids would not return. So I was like, well, what's the point of operation? Like who, who wants to be coming back every year or every 10 years or whatever it is to address this? So even though my emotions were chaotic and confused, I was still thinking, but God, you did not create this confusion in my body. There is no reason why I should be returning to a doctor's office concerning an issue that wasn't part of your design for me. So all of that is going on in my mind and I start to have, um, I'm trying to force myself towards peace. I'm trying to force myself towards rest in that moment. And the doctor with her half face that I can't see is holding a few sheets of paper. She reads it off to me, not entirely. And I have to sign it except not really because it's COVID season. So I'm not holding a pen and I'm not touching the paper. My verbal agreement is my signature. And one of the things she says is, uh, and mind you, this doctor is incredible. I, I really respect her. I think she, I would go back to her. As a matter of fact, I told her I would love to just return seeing, uh, I would love to have her as my, 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 my girl doctor, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And um, especially when I start to have children, I told her I want her to be my doctor. So, uh, but one of the things she said was during the operation, while she was explaining things to me, she said that during the surgery, the because of the tool that she would be using, a tech rep, a tech rep, somebody who does not have medical training, someone who may not even have any sensitivity to somebody's feminine, to some feminine, I mean, I didn't even know if this person was going to be male or female, but that person, she told me, would have to be in the operating room while she was using this tool in the procedure to remove the fibroids. And I was like, well, why does this person need to be there? And she says, well, because if, in case, you know, in case anything goes wrong. And she says it so casually. I'm like, eh, you know, no, <laughs> in case, in case anything goes wrong. I mean, in my head, I'm having this conversation back with her. And I'm just thinking that response was just not reassuring, but to kind of get it over with. And also because I was so overwhelmed and feeling confusion at that time, I just said yes to everything. And I left that hospital confused, pissed off, hurt, um, sad, and you know, trying to figure out how does somebody even begin to get fibroids? I prayed on it for a long time because I was so unsettled with the fact that I had agreed to an operation. And the, op the idea of, op of having an operation just made me feel extremely uncomfortable. I wasn't afraid of it. There was just some type of hesitation in my heart. So the more I prayed on it, eventually what happened was, so while I was trying to just connect with the Lord on this, um, I just prayed. I, I asked him many times what his thoughts were on it, which of course I know his thoughts because scripture represents his thoughts very well, very clearly. And I have so many prophetic words from him and those are his thoughts as well. But um, 
for this specific moment where I felt absolute confusion, I just wanted to hear the Lord say something to me. And um, I just kept leaning in. I was asking him, what, what, why do I feel this hesitation about this surgery? On one hand, it can be a great solution. And it is very possible that the fibroids will not ever return. It is possible that I can get the surgery and then pray that the fibroids never return. I can combine some treatments. I can strategize treatments, faith and physicians. So as, as I was going through all of this in my heart and in prayer, um, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm just wrestling with it. And, I, and as I'm trying to hear from the Lord, what happens is I'm, I'm preparing for, uh, I'm preparing to record one of uh, a podcast episode. So this would, this would have been back in September. I opened up the scripture to look for something in, I was looking for something between Kings and Chronicles, those books there. And, um, as I was reading through a particular passage, the answer was there. And it was in 2 Chronicles 16, verse 12, about King Asa. It says, in the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. So when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, this is the answer. This is the answer to my prayer. Not everyone is going to have that approach to how they uh, deal with a health issue. Um, but because I had this serious conviction, I had to deal with it in the way that I believe the Lord was leading me. So I went ahead and I canceled the operation because this scripture for me was a response from the Lord concerning what I was asking him. Why am I having this hesitation in my heart? Uh, can I combine? what the physician wants to do together with faith so that the fibroids don't return after I get the surgery. Like these things going back and forth in my mind, they were settled when I heard this thing from the Lord that, you know, look at what happened when King, with King Asa. Look at how his story is highlighted. What is particularly highlighted is the fact that he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. So when I canceled the operation, I called I called them to say that I wanted to cancel it, but it was after I dodged about three or four phone calls from them um, because I was still in the process of trying to decide for myself um, whether or not I would cancel. So by the time I did call them, um, because they had some pre-op pr processes that they wanted to go through, by the time I called them, I said, um, I want to cancel. And the lady, she laughed. And the laugh, was so, so eerie. It just, I felt it like it, it just, like it went up my spine in such a bad way. It felt so demonic. It felt so twisted and so, oh my gosh. It just, it felt so nasty. The way she laughed, I knew I made the right decision. Her laughter, the way she mocked me in her laughter was my confirmation that I had made the right decision to cancel the operation. And mind you, after she laughed, there was a long silence on the other end because I wasn't responding to that laughter. So it's like she gathered herself together and said, oh, okay, well, um, so, and whatever the heck she said after that, I can't remember, but I was so appalled 
at the audacity of the enemy to laugh through this woman in my face when I decided to cancel an operation that I had hesitation towards, that I clearly understood at that point that it was God who had put a conviction in my heart and that was causing me to be irritated with this decision. So I really did appreciate (laughs) as uncomfortable and as eerie as that woman's laughter was, um, I found it to be something I did appreciate because when the enemy's head is exposed, it gives us the opportunity to understand our authority, um, to understand who is on our behalf fighting for us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world becomes a monumental statement at that point because you stare the enemy in the face and you say, oh, so it is you. Now I know who I am. (laughs) So that was good. It'd be good to say that that's where the story ended. However, here I am right now. Uh, September was four four or five months ago now. And um, what ended up happening since then is I just, of course, the doctor called me to find out if I was okay and if I was having heavy bleeding and um, any other complications. I did not answer her phone call because I did not want to entertain any demonic interference, but I just listened to her message and whatever message she left on the patient portal. So I was left with another solution that my doctor and I had agreed to, which was that I would be on a hormonal treatment. Basically, I was taking birth control pills continuously, which meant I wasn't having my period for several months in order to help control the blood that I kept losing and that was attributing to low iron. So I I decided that while I was going to not have the surgery, I would continue with the birth control pills as a way to regulate my hormones. But after about eight weeks or six weeks of being on the pill, I realized that my my skin was, oh my goodness, I was breaking out like crazy. I was having acne flare-ups. Um, I was still having, I would, guys, I'm so sorry for having to use this language, especially if you are a guy. But um, I'm sorry if you're listening and this makes you queasy, but I really do want to share my testimony because I know that there are other people who might benefit from this. And I want to drive this forward with faith that we will rise victoriously over this. This is my goal in sharing this testimony. And I'm calling it a testimony because there will be glory to the name of God in all of this. So anyway, even though I was on the pill, I was still bleeding. I was still having what were what were like menstrual cycles. So I felt like, well, what's the point? What's the point in taking the pills? But I was freaking out and I didn't stop it. I just kept on going with the pills until there were several moments where I just felt like I was a slave to the pill, where I would freak out if I missed one. So it was, um, you know, if you've ever if you're familiar with how birth control pills work, for them to be effective, whether you're taking them to prevent pregnancy or like I was to to regulate hormones, if you miss them, then, um, you know, what it was designed to do is interrupted. So because I believed the pill was going to help with my bleeding, if I missed the hour that I was supposed to take it, like for me, it was 11 o'clock every day that I was taking them. 
if it was, you know, if it was a super busy day, I started my day, got up, got out of the house, or even if I was at home and I'm like, oh shoot, it's five o'clock in the evening and I haven't taken the pill. I'm in total freak out mode now because all I could think is, damn it, damn it, damn it. I'm going to bleed tomorrow. I'm going to bleed the next day. And it would just overwhelm my feelings. It would overwhelm my peace. And I would sleep just expecting to wake up in the middle of the night to have to go quickly get some feminine products to deal with the situation that I've been trying to avoid. And all because I missed that window. Now I'm having to deal with a mess. And I just hated that feeling of watching my clock, making sure my phone is next to me because I had an alarm set for 11 o'clock to not forget to take the pill. And I remember going away and um, I was so pissed that I had to put the pill in my, in my luggage because as soon as I put the pill, as soon as I put the pill pack in my luggage, the joy of being on a trip was stripped away from me. I just felt like, I really hope I don't forget to take the pill. I really hope I don't bleed while I'm away. I really hope I just, I just hope I could have a, an easy week. And all of that hoping for an uninterrupted peace, all it did was cause anxiety. And then it would trigger depression. And I'm not someone who has a history with depression. You know, I grew up, I, as a child, I can't say everything was perfect, but as a child, I never experienced any type of depression. I just never in high school or college or grad school and, you know, up until now, I just never experienced it to the degree that I've experienced it ever since the doctor said we've discovered the fibroids and their size. So every time I looked at that pill pack, all I would get was this feeling of hopelessness. So what ended up happening is, you know, time moving forward, I'm praying and believing and I'm asking the Lord to give me insight, give me strategy, give me a breakthrough, give me something. I want to believe, I want to I want to fight for this. I know I'm not supposed to carry this foreign substance inside of my uterus. One night as I was praying, I was laying on my bed, laying on my back. Um, I just closed my eyes because I was falling asleep while I was praying. <laughs> um, but before I could really fall asleep, I just, in the spirit, I saw the Lord stretching his wings across my midsection. And I heard him say, blossoming fertility, blossoming fertility. He repeated it twice. And when I heard him say that, I woke right up and I was like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, blossoming fertility, blossoming fertility. I declare that over my womb. I declare it over my uterus. I held on to that word and I would pray it through. And I essentially started to buy, buy products that were flowers. And I would declare that for my uterus. I would buy the Dove flower soap, whatever that soap is, but it smells like flowers everything I wash my body with now. <laughs> it's got a rose or peony flower on the packaging and the scent is that of a flower garden. And uh, I ended up buying a plant and I put the plant in my room and I just declared over the plant life. And as I spoke over the plant, I was speaking over my uterus as well. I really believe in prophetic acts, the prophetic acts where what you're doing, what you're seeing, what you're holding, smelling, tasting, seeing all of that being a representation and, and a declaration and a decree of what's to come. 
And so I, I would surround myself with images of flowers in the garden because one of my greatest convictions is that when we were saved, the day we said yes to Jesus, we were reconciled to the garden and our existence is in that garden of delight. All of me believes that even though many days I'm challenged with things that want to um, contradict that, but I still come back to that truth. And so when I heard the Lord say blossoming fertility, stretching his wings across my midsection, my uterus area, I knew that, okay, Father, I agree with you because I know that I've been reconciled to the garden. So I ended up in my journal, I drew out the shape of a uterus and inside of the uterus, I drew flowers and I turned the uterus into a garden in my uh, journal. And I would just, every time I had hopelessness, I would turn back to that page in my journal and I would stare at that image. Scripture says, whatever is um, whatever is excellent, whatever, whatever is pure, uh, fix your eyes on those things. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it's in Philippians 4 um, to just focus on the things that are pure and excellent. The garden of delight is pure and excellent. The word of God over our lives, be it from scripture or from a prophetic word, those are excellent. They are pure because they are from God. So that's what I was fixing my heart on. Still, challenges would come and make me go into hopelessness. So this past weekend, um, we're February 10th today as I'm recording. And so this weekend that just passed, I was hanging out with two of my childhood friends that we've known each other now for over 30 years. As we were hanging out, I, you know, we were in a different state I, I to hang out with my girlfriend over the weekend. And um, when I got to my girlfriend's house, ah, I realized I had forgotten my pill pack. So I missed the pill two days in a row. When I got home Saturday night, I just said to the Lord, I was sobbing, I was in tears, I was crying, because at this point I was definitely on a heavy bleed because I missed the pill twice in a row. And I'm weeping and I'm like, God, I picked up all of the pill packs that I had because the pharmacy was giving me three at a time so I wouldn't have to return there every month. I took everything I had and I threw it in the trash. And I said, Father, I'm not going to rely on the pills anymore. Every day from now on at 11 o'clock, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to pray and that's going to be my pill. I'm going to believe that you can do everything that I think is impossible. Even though I have faith, there's an area of doubt still in my heart. There's an area of weariness that wants to pull me into despair, that has me in depression. But I'm going to come to you and I'm going to believe that what I am deficient of concerning hope, you can fill in. So I threw away all of the pill packs and now I'm dealing with being <laughs> on a fake menstrual cycle. <laughs> Migraines are triggered. My hormones are everywhere. Total chaos. My body doesn't know what to do. And I'm just believing and thanking God and just knowing, you know, one day was hard. Yesterday and the day before that. So today's Wednesday. Tuesday and Monday were bummers. Those days were so hard because all I could see was what I felt was a mess. 
and where I felt I couldn't address it, that I didn't have the strength to do it. And I told God, I said, Father, I am completely afraid, so scared, but I'm going to still trust you. And I just kept repeating and repeating, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. (laughs) I would say, you know, I want to get married and you know, I want children. And this makes me scared that those things will be jeopardized. Those dreams of mine, I don't want this to cost me my dreams. That's when I really had the conviction to turn this into a podcast episode and then to turn it into much more than that. If somebody wanted to join me in prayer, that we would go after it. If if this is an issue that someone is experiencing as well, that we will pray and we will see heaven come down on our situation. And after I made this decision and said to the Lord, you know, in all of my fears, I'm going to trust you. Um, I heard him say to me while I was laying down, this was on Sunday, he said, know that God has set you free. And I said, yes, Father, you have set me free. And the other side of my heart said, but but I don't see it, but I'm going to believe you anyway. I'm going to try to push past doubt and I'm going to press in. Just show me, show me how. And then I heard about a woman who does hormonal treatments. She helps people bring back balance to their hormones. And I got so excited and I thought, oh, (laughs) this is my answer. (laughs) But after I had a conversation with this woman, I believed, you know, on one hand, I was thinking, wow, this is the answer. This is the answer. This is the answer. I'm so excited. This is the answer. But in my heart, there was still this, I was having the same experience that I had after the doctor said the word operation. I was having all of this hesitation and I was really, really hoping that it wasn't conviction. (laughs) I was hoping that it was just pure hesitation from my own heart because of fear. I told the woman that I wanted to go forward with her program I wanted to go ahead and pay for it. I mean, she's an amazing woman. She's a Christian and the Lord has just blessed her with such incredible wisdom and uh, talents, skills, and the giftings. She's just blessed. And I just felt like, oh, I could be totally safe in her program. I could be safe with her guidance and her wisdom. Guys, that was last night, (laughs) Tuesday, February 9th. I had that conversation. I go to sleep and I have a dream. And I won't go into the dream, not now, maybe another time, but the dream (laughs) was a repeat of a dream I had Monday night. And if you have ever studied dreams, biblically-based dreams, understanding how the Lord communicates through dreams, when he shows you something twice in a row, be it in the same night or consecutively, it's basically him being a parent calling you by all your names. Your first name, your middle name, your last name, (laughs) yelling at you, calling you out. And I was like, oh my Lord, oh my Lord. I woke up in the middle of the night like, no, no, please no. I was initially very, um, I was like, oh, come on, tell me, tell me this dream means something else. Tell me, tell me it's not what I think it means. Okay, twice in a row, two nights in a row, I've had this type of dream. And it was basically about unbelief. 
The premise of both dreams were that I had partnered with doubt. Even though with my lips I confessed that I wanted to trust in the Lord, I had partnered with doubt. When I encountered this woman, when I learned about this woman with this amazing program, gifted by God, she is, called by God, she is, on her assignment, ordained by God, she is, but it wasn't what God asked me to partner with him on. It's not how he wants me to take on this journey. After I was able to overcome the freak out where I was like, oh my Lord, um, I'm going to really have to rely on faith now. (laughs) I mean, if that ends up being a confession out of your mouth, I'm going to have to rely on faith now. That alone says a lot about what mindset existed before that statement was made. For me, I was abandoning faith and trying to go the route of relying on somebody else's faith. My life story to this date has been, who will you believe, Blonde? Whose testimony are you going to ride on? Will it be that of Jesus or will it be the testimony of another? My personal life has been about how I trust in God, how I lean on him, how I depend on him. He has brought me into situations where the only way I can get through it is by depending on him. This isn't everybody's life. This isn't how everyone is called to live. But for me, that's been the way he has asked me to partner with him. Maybe it will become evident at some point uh, why he's asked me to do this, to live this way for him. But for now, while I don't understand it, I have to surrender. Um, I just have to, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8. Uh, relying not on my own understanding, but in everything I do, acknowledging God and he will make the path straight. Um, I always forget the rest of that. But in any case, that is the highlight of that passage for me. And when he would show me, I'm depending on doubt, that I'm I'm partnering with a doubt, Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8 always comes up. Let me pull up Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 8, because the rest of the passage speaks on healing. And it's such an important part of this testimony in the Passion Translation, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord completely. Do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit long for. When the Lord showed me through these dreams that I have been partnering with doubt, that's been me relying on my own opinions or on someone else's opinions and not not going to him for uh, his direction uh, to guide my decisions. And this is literally about me seeing healing. I know people have medical conditions that are far more severe than fibroids. And um, my heart has always been tender for anybody that needs healing. My situation is so tender to my heart because of the fact that I so desire a family. It is a major dream of mine. Like (laughs) ever since I was a kid, I used to dream about my own children. And the fibroids conversation just feels like a threat to all of that. So when I think about the solution, I'm immediately trying to figure out how I can do it on my own. And I'm like, God, you might take too long. 
I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's me saying, I don't know if I could trust your timing. Or I'm also saying, I don't know if I can even do this. I don't know if I can have the faith to, you know, scripture talks about resisting the devil and submitting to God and the devil will flee from us. That it, That's in um, uh, James 4 verses 7. When I think about resisting the devil by submitting to God and the devil will flee, when I get into the mode of being fearful and anxious and depressed and hopeless and dis, you know, desperate for myself to find a solution, in my own heart, I know that I'm going the route of not resisting the devil, but actually entertaining him. And I, I always feel grieved in my heart when I do that. So for me, I know that this is a journey of trusting God. And I asked him, I said, from my freedom, I want to see others experience freedom. From what I escape, I want to see others set free as well. And I asked him for that anointing. I asked him to give me that gift, to give me that weight, that weight of glory to see other people set free from something that I know God did not ordain for his people. Anybody who comes to him, you're his. We are his. So whether your issue is fibroids, if it's a tumor, a cancerous tumor, if it's blindness that suddenly came upon you, or even if you were born with blindness, if it's an issue within your bones, if it's a blood condition, immune issue, COVID, I don't care what the issue is. I know that God promised healing. And I know a lot of times we have seen stories of people who believed for healing and things didn't end up the way that they had anticipated. But I still have faith. I still believe in what God can do. I do have the challenges as I've just expressed with doubt. But I feel like sharing this with you is me being held accountable and really pushing through the doubt, being able to see something through because now it's not just my testimony, but it is shared with anybody else who hears this episode and is asking the Lord for breakthrough in, in their bodies being healed of whatever it is, of your bodies being delivered of any type of oppression that God did not design for you. So I know that we have more to talk about because my decision is to partner with the Lord on this. And I can't turn back on that decision, especially now, now that I've put it out there. <laughs> now that you've listened to this, I'm not, I can't turn back guys. So I will be sharing more on this as more develops. If this resonates with you in any way, if you are dealing with fibroids yourself or any condition of the uterus, or if you're having any health related issues, I want to partner with you in this journey through healing with the Lord. And if you want to shoot me an email, send it to hello at blondebeauchamp.com. If you are a guy and there's a woman in your life, your, uh, your wife, your sibling, your girlfriend, your fiance, your mom, anyone in your life that may have issues in uh, concerning the uterus, I would love it if you would share your testimony with me or their testimony with me, and then we'll stand in as intercessors for them. But I'm taking this on as an assignment to avenge the enemy, <laughs> to see heaven come down in the bodies of the people that we want to see delivered. Father, I thank you so much that you are the healer. You are the great 
I am. There is no one above you. There is no one like you. Father, no one can challenge you. No one can question you. You never lie. You never need to repent. Your words are the promises that can feed our souls, that can lift us up when we're weak. Your words are the promises that we can declare back to you. And in a mysterious way, they cause a return to come upon our own lives in the physical, through the spiritual. While we don't understand every way that you work, God, we just want to trust you entirely. We want to push back all forms of doubt. However doubt wants to bullhorn its lies, God, I declare that doubt is losing territory in our lives. I declare that the truth of God, the same one who saved us when we said yes to Jesus, is the same truth that cancels doubt in an instant. So Father, I declare that doubt has lost its ground in our lives, and we take our flag of faith and run with it, having all surrendered to you, Father, knowing that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, we love you. You are absolutely beautiful.